Congregation, the text for tonight is from Hebrews 6, verse 19. Hebrews 6, verse 19. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entered into that within, within the veil. So far. Christ is the anchor. It's the theme for tonight. Christ the anchor. Three thoughts. In the first place, the anchor in heaven. The Lord Jesus sent it. And that's pictured in our text as an anchor in heaven. Singly, the anchor of hope. The text says, which hope we have as an anchor. So that's the anchor of hope. In the third place, the anchor of the soul. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. So Christ, the anchor. In the first place, the anchor in heaven. Secondly, the anchor of hope. In the third place, the anchor of the soul. Creation, the book of Hebrews, is different from Romans, Galatians, Ephesians. It's actually not an epistle. It's not a letter. It is a homily. It is a sermon. How do we know that? And why do I say that? Now, the, the epistle of Paul are always beginning with Paul to the saints in Ephesus, grace and peace be unto you. An official beginning of an epistle. Hebrews is different. Hebrews has an ending, but Hebrews does not have such a beginning. It's a sermon. It's a sermon of the Apostle Paul, I think, but we don't know for sure. He might be the author. I think he is. Maybe not. The Bible doesn't say. And the theme, what is the reason why the apostle is preaching? What's the reason why he is so busy with, that, with, with this theme? Well, the congregation is suffering. Suffering persecution. There's fear. There's trembling. that people are robbed and lose their property and are chased away and are in danger and in prison and are killed. And that's the theme also in the whole book. The people of, of the congregation are, are fearful and frightened. And the apostle speaks to them of comfort. So that's the theme also tonight. Keep in mind tonight that the Lord Jesus is preached as the comfort in the time of persecution. Now, what is so comforting for the suffering congregation? Uh, they're losing so much of the property, and there's so much pain and turmoil and pain of the soul. Well, the Lord Jesus, the high priest, He's the high priest going to the sanctuary. He goes to the veil and to the ark. And he just make atonement there. That's the real, that's the real, the real uh, comfort for the people. And that's also for, true, true for the for, for ascension day. Because Lord Jesus in heaven, 
and he is holding on to his church, does not forsake the work of his own hands, and keeps going with the church. Now, the example of an anchor is used, a symbol of anchor. What's anchor for children? We have a boat, huge ship maybe, in the port of Vancouver. They're going for anchor, and they just stay there for a day or so until there's time and place to unload them or to load them so that they take the anchors down. You hear it rattling, and the anchor goes down, and it gets hold on, on, on the bottom, so the ship can, cannot move away. There can be high winds, and there can be strong currents, so the ship, the ship needs to be kept on, on, on its place. And the anchor is, is an, 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 a tool for stability and for safety. For storms, for current, for stability. Well, we're without an anchor, a ship is drifting away, right? We're without an anchor, a ship, a ship cannot be safe. What is your anchor now? That's the question, what is your anchor? Are you floating? Are you about to suffer shipwreck? That was the first picture in this chapter. That's the, the, the picture of an anchor. Now you say, what is the link with Ascension Day? An anchor goes down. Those diseases goes up. Exactly. That's the difference. So an anchor goes down to the ocean floor and the Lord sees that up. But he is also the anchor. He's anchor in heaven. He went through the veil. He went through the, to the real temple. The real temple is not in Jerusalem. The real temple is in heaven. And the Lord Jesus went up to heaven and entered in as the anchor of the soul. as the anchor of hope. That's what we read in our text. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entered into that, into that within the veil. So into the veil, the veil of the rent from the top to the bottom. But then also in heaven is the veil, the heavenly veil. The Lord Jesus went there, up, up there. The disciples started happening. It was local and visible and real. They said, the Lord Jesus is leaving this earth, being lifted up by, 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 by his Father and exalted and, be, and set on the right hand of the Father. So does the writer of this epistle mean? An anchor goes down into the water, sinks, has grip on the bottom. We have an anchor that ascends and goes up. In time of persecution, time of pain and problems, this is essential, a comfort for God's people, we may see that their anchor is in heaven, that their boat is safe, that their boat is secure, nothing can happen to them, because their anchor is in heaven, they are connected to that anchor, that's steadfast and sure. So that anchor does not hit the surface of the water, it's an anchor that goes in to the Lord. Let's look at the last verse of chapter 6. Where the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made and high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. 
So that's connected. Nin- 19 and 20, right? The hope is the forerunner, the Lord Jesus, for us entered. The, 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 the anchor is in heaven already. He, he entered already. Jesus made a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Not a Levitical priest, but a special priest. So there's an anchor in heaven. When the disciples saw Jesus sending, they saw there was hope through Jesus Christ to attach the ship of the church to the throne of God. The, 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 ship, the ship of the church and the throne of God are connecting, right? So like the, the bottom of the, the ocean floor is connected to the ship with a cable. So there's also a connection between God's church and heaven in the Lord Jesus Christ in that cable of faith. So we see there are two pictures here. The ship and the anchor. The cable also goes down. Picture the church with the anchor cable going up and the other going down. Now in detail, let's look at this link between the fallen in heaven and the church. Look at verse 18. But by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to, to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold. Fled for refuge and to lay hold upon the hope. So the hope is also practiced. There's also faith involved here. It is that fleeing for refuge and to lay hold on the hope. So it's important that we see that anchor, that we also use the anchor, we also connect to the anchor by that faith that is taking refuge unto him and is laying hold on him. I hope to come back to that later. The anchor is the hope. Set before the eyes of the people. So the anchor of the heaven was preached to the people. They were suffering, they were in, in problems, and the apostle preached unto them. There is hope. There is future. There is heavenly anchor. And he says, you have to lay hold on that. You have to take refuge unto that. So that you have that hope and you have that steadfastness, and that stability and that safety. In spite of all things happening in your life. Mary is awful. So tonight, I only know a little bit of your personal life. You might be, you might be suffering tonight. It might, be, it might be difficult in your life. You are really not doing well. Lots of pain, soul pain, or pain about the past, or relationships, or divorce, or you name it. Lots of pain. How important it is in, in that pain to have that anchor. To have that anchor in heaven. And to hold on to it, to lay hold on it, and to take refuge unto it. So that we have that steadfastness and not, not unstable and fleeting, but that we have something to hold on to in heaven. Second thought, the anchor of hope. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Hope is in italics, but it refers to the word hope in the previous, in the previous sentence. We have fled 
for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. It's a hope. The anchor in the chapter is the anchor of salvation, of future salvation. We use the word hope often differently. I hope it's not raining tomorrow. I hope there will be sunshine. I hope I will do better. I hope we, hope we hope a lot of things. But in the word, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, the word hope is sure and steadfast. The, the Christian hope. The Christian hope is to know, to know for sure there's salvation for God's people. There'll be heaven. There'll be eternal salvation for them. That's meant here. So what's in heaven is the hope set before us, which is in heaven, the anchor of hope, which he will give them something to his people that he, that he promised them. He promises them eternal salvation, eternal life. And in eternal life, they find refuge. They lay hold on that. There's a future. They will not only suffer here below on earth, they are future-oriented. They look at the future. Suffering people in Hebrews, suffering people, persecuted people, but they have something to hold on to, and they have a future to go to. Because the Lord Jesus will come back the same way as he came to earth, as he left earth, so he also come again. So the Lord Jesus will remember his people and give them the real hope. Let me prove that from the Bible. 1 Corinthians 15. If in this life only we have hope in Christ. Again. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of, of all men most miserable. It's not all about this life. It's about the future life. This hope, this after this life, is eternal life for God's people. First for the soul, they also in the body. So God's church is here on earth for, the, for a while as a pilgrim, not home. They're on their way, on their, on their way home, on their, on their way to their real hope. And the hope has been promised, like Abraham. Abraham was asked to leave the country, to go to a country that he did not know about, to inherit it. He was also a nomad. He was on, on his way to that country. And so the church today is also on their way, on their way home. And they have, they have already an anchor in heaven, and they will, have, they will, so they will take possession of that hope they set before them. Titus 1. In hope of eternal life with God that cannot lie, promised before the world began. So before the world began, the Lord promised it already. He promised that hope. He promised that, that security. He promised that salvation. He promised that hope set before them in the Bible. Or Titus 3 or 7, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The hope of eternal life means that they hope it, 
that maybe it will be given all the hope of eternal life is that eternal life is hoped for, they're sure about it. As you know, we cannot remain on earth. And someday we need to go. We need to go. We, we, we can't stay here. We have, we have to die someday. Do you have an anchor? Think of your deathbed. You're just suffering. You're getting close and close to the end. If you have that anchor in heaven to hold on to, and that hope, that hope standing before you, to hold on to that, to take refuge unto him, and to have that security, that certainty that there will be eternal salvation for you. Because the Lord Jesus went before. He's the forerunner. And then first he opened the door. And he's holding on. There's a cable to your your soul. He's holding on to you. You will also be there. And he keeps an eye on you. So think about your death. Think about the end of your life. Think about the the, the resurrection. Think about the the new earth. It's all future. Like Abraham was future-oriented, so we also need to be. Pilgrims, he belong. 1 Peter 1, 9. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. See? So receiving the end, the result of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. The salvation is the purpose, is the end of your faith. Therefore, 1 Peter 1 13, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. See? That also summarizes that. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. So the, the people had those long coats, and that is difficult when you run. You can walk with those long coats, you cannot run with them. So they just gird them up with a belt so they could ease your walk and run. By, therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Your mind may be, may be clear and alert. Be sober and hope to the end, the anchor of hope, hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you. You don't have to bring it yourself. He brings it, bring to you, at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So the ascension of Christ points to the future, points to the kingdom of heaven. Lord Jesus ascended and while he was lifted up, he blessed his disciples. And the angels promised that he would return in the meantime. And it was all about hope. That is, according to verse 18, the strong consolation. See that in verse 18? By two immutable things, in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation in the time of persecution and suffering, who have fled for refuge. They hold upon the hope set before him. Paul also writes to the Romans about this hope. It's called very, very alpis in Greek, alpis. It's an important word in the Bible. Paul writes about it as well. For we are saved by hope. 
No, that doesn't mean that it is saved with a little hope, yeah? With a little hope, a little... You, you never know, maybe? No. We are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For the man seeth, why does he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then we with patience wait for it. So it is not unsure, but it is future. Future salvation. So the Apostle Paul, if it is, if it is Paul, is telling that suffering congregation, think of what's coming. Think of the future. The anchor is already in heaven. And there's an anchor of hope. The hope set before you. The hope you should be looking forward to. To inherit. To go home. To be with the Lord. To be saved. To have, to have the saving process finished. Because God's people are not saved yet. Really? Well, they are forgiven. They're God's people. They're born again. But they are not through the process of sanctification yet. They have not, not, not come to the end. They have to also endure. And then after that is the eternal future. When they die. Or where is the second coming? It is after that. So we are saved by hope. Hope that is seen is not hope. The seen is not hope anymore. It is possessing. Then this presence and not future. Romans 15. Now the God of hope, he has so much to give in the future. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. See, I can't say it enough. You have to look at the background why the apostle is writing. He's writing to suffering people, persecuted, really in trouble, Many temptations, many trials, people feeling down, people feeling depressed, people saying, I don't know it anymore. My life is so difficult. I can't go on anymore. I, it, is, it, is, it is too much. And the apostles say, no, 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 it is not too much. You have something for the future. This is not it. You will never have a paradise if you belong. You have to keep your eye on the future, on that hope set before you. And you have to lay hold on that. And you have to take refuge unto him. That at that time, you were worried about Christ. Be aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise having no hope and without God in the world. So what does that mean, having no hope? 
Does it mean that you have no hope that you can be saved? Does it mean that you have no hope that the Lord is willing to be first? No, the word hope is again that future hope, having nothing to look forward to. Aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of the promise, future promise, having no hope, having nothing to look forward to. And without God in the world, is that you? Are you one of those strangers from the covenant of the promise? Nothing that really entices you? Nothing to look forward to? No hope and without God in the world. You know, this hope the Apostle is talking about is sure and is steadfast. And there's a strong consolation if you look upon it. If you may stare with the disciples upon it, then you will have great joy. The hope is sure, not uncertain. And the read that God has even made an oath and has sworn by his own name that this earth is not all there is. It's after death, not all over. God's children will inherit, like God has spoken to Abraham. Surely, blessing I will bless thee, and multiply I will multiply thee. So Abraham was promised such a rich future, such an abundant future, and he did not really receive it yet. But he was a pilgrim, and he just went for it. I was continually busy with it. Ascension reminds us of the perfection that is coming. Here is here are many tears shed. Here is emotional pain and devastating loneliness and doubts and unfaithfulness and you name it. But there is hope. For men verily swear by the greater, and an all for confirmation is to them an end of our strife, then God very more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed by an oath. So the Lord said, I make an oath, I swear by my own name that I will fulfill my promises and that you will be heirs of the promise. Thereby two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation. The apostle is saying, the Lord is not lying. You can trust him. You are suffering. I'm sorry for sorry for you. It is not easy, I know. There's something better coming, and there's the promises laying there, a hope still before you, an anchor of the soul, and God doesn't lie. He can't lie. People can lie. The Lord cannot lie. He is the God who cannot deceive. He cannot 
disagree with himself. He is true. So the anchor, it is an anchor in heaven, right? And it is an anchor of hope. Also the anchor of the soul. A congregation throwing the anchor out has no meaning, does not make any sense if there is no anchor cable. Only throw the anchor out, sinks to the bottom, with no connection, of no help. The same is true for the Lord Jesus. He is the anchor. If there is no anchor cable, you're not connected to him. It is not doing you any good. You have no anchor of hope, no anchor of the soul. So what is the connection between the anchor, the Lord Jesus, and the sinner? What do you think? Look at verse 12. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. By faith and patience, to follow them, to belong to that people, to belong to the followers of the Lord Jesus, to belong to the followers, the Christian followers who through faith and patience inherit the promise. They will inherit the promise, but they have faith, and they have that perseverance, that patience. Like Abraham, right? Lord said, go, leave your kindred, your father's house, the country I will point out to you. He went. He believed in the Lord. He said, I believe it. I do it. He left. So there are also people also among us, and they have also heard that voice. Leave, let go, and seek your salvation only in that anchor, only in that Anchor hope only in the Lord Jesus Christ. By faith, Abraham, then he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. He went out, not knowing where they went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country. Dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. See, he was looking for that future city, the abiding city, and he had faith. He said, Yes, I believe it. Same as when the Lord Jesus, when the Lord also spoke to Abraham about having children. And he showed him the stars. So shall thy seed be, Abraham. So many, you can't count them. And Abraham looked at the stars and he said, I believe it. And because he believed it, it was counted to him for righteousness. Justifying faith. So we need that true faith. We read here also that for he looked for a city which has foundations, 
whose maker is God. It is a strong consolation for them who have fled for refuge. Do you see that? To have, to have fled for refuge. What is that? What is, what is to flee for refuge? Well, when we see people running on the street, we think, oh, they're exercising. They're not, they're not, not angry. They're not afraid. They're not fleeing. They're just relaxed. <clears throat> but if you are in Kiev, in Ukraine, and the sirens go off, you see people running, running to a safe place, running to a place of concrete so they can hide. And they run. So the true faith is not just a casual choice. Oh, yeah, let me just do this. Let me just trust him. No, there's urgency. There's that great need in the heart. There's that, that, that great conviction of sin, the conviction that here on earth nothing satisfies, that you cannot help yourself at all, that you need someone else, and you take refuge unto the Savior. So you hold on to that anchor. That is what faith is. It is that laying hold on him. You see salvation outside of yourself. Because read it in verse 18 again. Strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold on upon, to lay hold upon the hope set before us. The hope, the eternal salvation set before us. Look at this. This is the reward for, for God's people. And to see it and to lay hold of it, to lay hold upon the hope. To lay hold upon the hope. I looked the word up to lay hold upon, and it's just chasing a dog and just holding on to him and restraining him. You catch him and you just hold on to him. And so it is a salvation to hold on to. To trust in, to, to lay hold on how? Well, by looking upon it. To hold on to it with your eyes. To holding on of looking upon him. One Timothy six. Fight. The good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on, does not, doesn't mean earn it, does not mean make it, it's to hold on to it, mean to be fixed on it, to think about it, to contemplate it, to not let go of the thought, to be focused with it. To be focused on that eternal life, to lay hold upon it. That's that, that future point that you're always looking forward to what's coming for God's people. To lay hold of the eyes. To not look the other way. 
fight, the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life is standing, especially in the Bible, holding on to eternal life. So lay hold stands parallel to fighting. Believing, true believing is not something nonchalant. It's, it's very serious and intense. It is set before us in the promises. The writer of Hebrews expresses his desire that everyone will show that same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Right? As he expresses here, there's a desire. In verse 13 or so, that in, 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 in 11, and we desire that everyone of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope. And to the end, so the apostle is encouraging the congregations in times of persecution to be diligent in looking upon the end and have the full assurance of it, not the worldly happiness, but the future happiness in mind. To not be slothful, but followers, not be daisy and slow and easy going, but intense. It's intense life. So congregation, that hope is based upon the promise of eternal life. The Lord has guaranteed to his church. That is yours. That is the hope set before you. Christ is in heaven. He is the anchor. You're connected with, 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 in faith. You're followers of him. And you have something to hope for. You're not without God in the world. You have a hope. Do you have a hope? I still remember that I was still living in Utrecht. When our first children was born. And that we had a midwife. A secular midwife. She did not believe in anything. And baby was born, and we talked about things, about, about the Bible. And she said, yeah, you people have something to look forward to. You have a purpose. You have a, a, an end. I look into a black hole. I have no idea about the future. I do not think about the end. It is kind of difficult, he said. To have nothing in the future, nothing to be focused on. What about you? Are you someone without God, having no hope? Having nothing to hope for? You hope the Lord is not coming yet? You hope you'll not die yet? You have no longing at all for that, never? 
Abraham obtained the promise and all those children will. Their life is the life of a true faith. You know what Hebrews 11 says, right? First one. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So it is the same context. Believing is, in this context, the substance of things hoped for. To believe in that fact that there is something to be hoped for. To receive in the future. And that is true faith. An example of the people suffering is in Hebrews 10. And you took joyfully the spoiling of your goods. How can they do that? How can they be rejoicing and joyful when their goods are spoiled and the farms are burned out? You took joyfully the spoil of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you have a better and an enduring substance. So your farm was burned down, you lose your job, you, 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 you smile, you just still joyful. You, you thought, you said, I still have something. I haven't lost everything. I, I'm inheriting everything. It's laid before us in the, the hope, the anchor of hope. What a blessing for widows and widowers. What a blessing for them who feel a failure. What a blessing for them in pain and having cancer. If you may have that future. When you go broke, when you're bankrupt, when people steal things away. Yes. But if you have this, you still have everything. Colossians 1.5 For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the world of the truth of the gospel. So that hope is explained in the Bible, is explained in the truth, in the word of the truth of the gospel. The gospel says, who should believe in me they will not perish but have everlasting life. Have everlasting life. That is, that is the future. That is the kingdom. That is the hope. The hope of eternal life. Right? If, if, if Christ is our life, then death will be gained. This earth will never set aside. Paradise is always a few kilometers away from us. You try to reach it and you never reach it. But being content with your Bible reading, with prayer and experience closeness to the Lord, having fellowship with Him, to have faith in the Lord Jesus. 
to look upon the future inheritance. That is life. So someone was talking to me about his, his, his marriage. And he said, I don't think it is working. It is lost case. And I don't, don't, want, it, I won't, don't want to be married anymore. Because I, I can be happy with her. And she can be happy with me. But congregation, you don't have to. As long as you may find your purpose and your joy in something else. If you find your joy in the Bible, in Christ, in salvation, in the future, you can hold on. You can continue. You can. Because you don't per se need the joy of the earth if you have the joy of God. It's not going to take long anymore. This earth will be rolled up as a curtain. And then there will be new heavens and new earth. And then the hope is fulfilled. Faith, hope, and love. Faith is not necessary anymore. Hope is fulfilled. The love remains. So are you, do you belong to the people that is here on earth holding on to that anchor? Because we're, we're not an anchor. Life is so dangerous. All, all those winds and the currents, sin and Satan and deceit and God's wrath, it, it is dangerous. You absolutely need that anchor. If you don't have anger, you're unhinged. Are you an unhinged person? That's why riches and wealth can be so difficult. Because it may give us a false feeling of security. And people that are poor may not have that feeling. May feel more vulnerable. So it can also stand in the way if we are not vulnerable, if we are not dependent. Children, young people, do you have an anchor? Who is the anchor? The Lord Jesus is the anchor. There is an anchor in heaven. Anchors normally go down. This anchor goes up in heaven. How are, we, how are you connected to that to, to, to the anchor? Is it a cable? You say, what, what cable? Through faith, that looking up at him, that, that, that is, that, that is, that is the, the cable. To trust in him, to see salvation only in him. In spite of all your sins, in spite of all your shortcomings, in spite of all the consequences of sin, seeking salvation only in him. Christ is the anchor. The anchor in heaven, it is an anchor of hope, it is the anchor of the soul. Amen.